Hello, I'm Stephen. I'm going to read from that one, Nehemiah. <laughs> when the seventh month came and all the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of Moses, which the law had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all of the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood okay, Mathadai, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah and Masaiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Malkajah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshalam. <laughs> Thank you. There's more. <laughs> Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbatai, Hadiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josbad, Hanan and Peliah instructed the people of the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra the teacher to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which Moses had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim his word and spread throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches of olive and wild olive trees, and from myrtles, palms and shade trees, to make temporary shelters, as it is written. 
So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company had returned from exile, built temporary shelters and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated like this, and their joy was very great. Thanks, Steve. You did good. Now, when I was a kid, I would come home from school, I'd turn on the TV, after I'd done my homework, of course, and I'd start watching my shows. And uh, there'd be some cartoons in the mix, but then right before the 6pm news, what would you watch? Well, if you were a kid like me, you'd watch Antiques Roadshow, of course. Uh, yes, that show where people bring their random old knickknacks to the experts and they get them evaluated, and uh, it's a joy to watch. I still find it a joy to watch. Because you get these moments where people's expectations get kind of turned upside down. People bring along these items that, frankly, they haven't really thought much of. You know, the kind of stuff they just had kind of sitting around their house, really. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes, these ho-hum, everyday, ordinary objects turn out to be something that is immensely valuable. Uh, For instance, this here teddy bear that this lady found sitting on top of one of her grandmother's cupboards, turns out that it was one of about 300 that were made for the children who survived the sinking of the Titanic. And as a result, it's worth $400,000. This painting uh, that the minister guy picked up at an op shop because he liked the frame, as you do, turns out it's a long-lost original by some, I don't know anything about art, but Van Dyke, is that a thing? I don't know. But, but it turns out that this guy's really famous and it's worth close to a million dollars. This next one I'm a little bit reluctant to share because Alison is always, whenever we see a pile of someone's junk on the side of the road, always wanting to stop and have a look. And I'm always like, no, 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 what a waste of time. But this lady here found this manky looking lamp in her neighbor's pile of junk. And it turns out that it's by some famous American designer and it's worth between 200 and a million dollars. This is crazy, right? Sorry, 200,000. Sorry, I can see your confusion now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Treasure is not always what it seems, right? Treasure is not always obvious. Sometimes something that you just look at and you think, ah, yeah, whatever, this is just everyday average stuff. Sometimes it's far more important than you ever could have realised and it goes well beyond the world of antiques. And for us as God's people, we know that this is something that absolutely applies to the Word of God. Is the Bible an obvious out-and-out treasure? Well, not really. You know, it looks and feels like one of those kind of random trinkets you'd have lying around your house where you don't truly appreciate its value. You know, it sits on our shelves. It sits on our bedside tables. Some days we open it. Some days we don't. It doesn't look flashy. It doesn't sparkle. But we know at the same time that looks are very easily deceiving. The Bible is very much a hidden treasure. The Bible is this thing, it's this idea, it's this experience that God has deliberately given to us and it should be bringing us joy as his people. There's big joy in God's word as we realise that he has caused a book to be written for you. That's what the Bible is, a book written for you by God. How could you not appreciate that? There's joy to be had as God's word hits your ears and sinks deep into your brain and changes your heart and shapes your life. That's a happy experience. There's deep 
joy in knowing that without this book, there are things about your world, about your life, about your future that you would never know unless God had caused it to be written down. Now, time and time again, when God's people have come across God's word, they have remembered just how precious the thing is that they have. It's like nothing else on the planet. It is powerful. It is precious. It should be bringing us great joy. And it's what we see in that little bit of the Bible that we just read, Nehemiah chapter 8. And Nehemiah chapter 8 is a reunion story. In Nehemiah, it's telling the story of how God's people had been dragged off into exile. They'd done terrible sin. They had refused to listen to God's warnings. They kind of stuck their fingers in their ears and gone, no, 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 not listening. God eventually said, well, enough is enough. You're going off into exile. The Babylonians dragged them off to Babylon. A little bit of a chance for them to be rewired and reshaped into good little Babylonians. But eventually God says, you can go back home. He changes the king of Babylon's heart. They get freed. They get sent back to Jerusalem. And it's a reunion story at this point. As God's people find themselves not reunited with one another, but reunited with all of God's ways. They go back and they start rebuilding everything that they've lost. They're rebuilding the society. They're rebuilding their culture. They rebuild the, the walls around the city. They rebuild the temple in the middle of the city. And then the last piece of the puzzle is they start to rebuild their relationship with their God. And it centers on the Word of God. Here's how it goes down. Let me remind you. It says, On the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Now, they gathered together. Now, this is an interesting thing. Hearing God's word is a group activity. It's the kind of thing that's meant to be shared with others. And notice who does the gathering, men, women, and those who could understand. This is for children as well. Important for us to remember that. God's word is not just for us adults. Now, they get out the, the scrolls, they open them up, they dust off the cobwebs. If you think your Bible's got a bit too much dust on it because you don't read it enough, well, it's probably got nothing on this. And as a result, they start to praise God. It says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. This is, this is how you respond when God starts speaking to you. You start speaking back. This is not meant to be a one-way cul-de-sac of conversation. He talks to you and you... Say something in response. The word is being read. And then what happens is they patiently teach it to the people. They make clear what it says. Uh, the Levites, and now I'm not going to say them because Steve did such a good job for us that you know, I couldn't possibly emulate what he just did. But, but the Levites, those guys, instructed the people in the law while the people were still standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. They're not content with it just kind of going in one ear and out the other. They know that if God's word is going to do what God intended it to do, you have to actually get it. You've got to actually understand what it's saying. It's got to be in a language that you speak and it's got to be talking to you and so they teach it. It's important for us as well to make sure that are we listening to Bible teaching that is helping us to get it. The result of all of this is that they start to feel great joy. 
Let me show you. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. They're like, God is speaking to us once again. Our lives are being changed and shaped by God once again. We're no longer being left in the dark. We're no longer confused. We get it. God is making things clear to us and it makes them super happy. It's party time in Israel at that point. There are, of course, lots of different books in our world that can bring great joy. Um, When I was a kid, the Harry Potter books were still being released and I can still remember going and lining up at the plaza really late at night so I could wait in line to get a first copy and start reading it that very evening. Uh, Books bring us joy, but the Bible is in a different league altogether. With the Bible, you get God writing words that give you a relationship with him. With the Bible, you're getting access to the mind of your creator, to the plans of your creator. The Bible is a book that should bring us great joy. The Bible is a book that we should consider to be precious. And I could wax lyrical about this for quite some time, but it's probably actually easier rather than me describing it than... Perhaps I'll actually just show it to you. We English speakers, we kind of just take it for granted that we have God's word available to us. And as a result, we don't usually appreciate it the way we could or should. Uh, We're about to watch a video uh, for a group of people for whom uh, they suddenly realize just how precious and valuable the Bible is. Uh, Watch this and try not to cry. Uh, This in many ways puts us to shame. (laughs) 